We're speaking today with John McLaren, the UK director of the Wine Institute of California, an association representing more than a thousand wineries and affiliated businesses throughout the state in the areas of public policy advocacy, international market development, scientific research, and education programs. John, there's a great quote on the Discover California Wines website that says, Californians are serious about wine and relaxed about everything else. And while that may not be entirely true, it does say a lot about the importance of California wines. So what makes these wines so special? Well, Kate, it is a great quote, and, and no doubt that if the Almond Board had thought of it, they'd be saying California is serious about Almond and, and relaxed about everything else. I think it works particularly well for wine, because wine isn't just the product of fermented grape juice, it is the product of history and agriculture and general culture and innovation and the creativity of the people behind it. And it suits Californians down to the Californians down to the ground because they're always looking for the new thing, new ways of of discovering ways of expressing themselves. So um, you know this this kind of life being laid back about lifestyle, but being serious about innovation and being creative seems to just work with the West Coast so well. That's great. Um... We've read a lot in the papers recently about forces for change in the global wine business. What do you see as the important future trends and where do California wines sit in this picture? I think there's some wine, there's some challenges for the wine world. Um, you know, there are obviously some global, global challenges in, in terms of global warming and the use of water and all that kind of thing. But I think within the, the commerciality of, of wine, there is a division between wine as a commodity. So if you think about going to the supermarket, most of the wine, they have far too many wines and most of them are extremely dull and that they're, they're sort of interchangeable. So you wonder why they bother with such a big range. And at that level, wine doesn't express its provenance. It doesn't express much other than this is a, a pleasant beverage. When you go over a certain price point and you go up above a certain ambition in the wine maker, then you start to find that place is expressing itself. Uh, so I think that that, that shifting um, power base of uh, production is very important and similarly a shifting power base of, of consumerism is important. So if you look at China now, China is now the fifth biggest producer of wine. So when we used to think that the, the, when the Chinese started drinking wine they would drain the wine lake, they're actually contributing to it. So very soon not only will they be the largest um, consumers of wine but they'll be the largest producers of it as well and we're not sh quite sure what all that will entail. But, there, but the other danger, I think, for the wine world going forward is the lack of innovation. I think if you look at the shelves of your ordinary retailer and you look how they change, well, they don't change very much. 
packaging doesn't change, the, the styles of wines don't change very much, it can get a bit dull. And if you compare that with other commodities where there is genuine innovation in terms of how it expresses itself in packaging, in style, in taste, in, in adding to your lifestyle, wine lags behind. Now, where California comes to the, the fore is that they are very conscious of that and they have um, umpteen winemakers who are not enslaved by big business. They are at, a, at a, uh, a size where they can be flexible and determined and try different things out and we're starting to see that kind of innovation and that is what will make the, the wine world sit up when we see some of these, these wines working their way into the markets. So I think that whilst California needs to be flexible in terms of responding to natural challenges like global warming and the need of water, you know, there's a current drought in California that could prove to be um, problematical. It's this progression of taking new drinkers forward into the wine world. So they're not all drinking vodka because vodka looks trendy and is in the shape of a skull and all that kind of thing, that we're seeing that happening in the wine world as well. It's interesting. Tell me a little bit more about um, the wine in innovations that are uh, bubbling away in, mm. in California that we might see coming coming this way to the United Kingdom. Well, if you, if you take, first of all, the contrast between the old world and the new world, the old world, France, for instance, has almost legislated itself into a corner in terms of the Appalachian Controle, where if you're in Burgundy, you want to make white wine and you want to call it Burgundy, you have to plant Chardonnay. And that's great. They've found what they think is the right thing for the right place at the right time. In the new world, however, where that legislation isn't extent, um, then uh, people can just make the best wine they want. And in California, whilst people are conscious that if you're in a hot part of the state, there's no point in planting delicate grape varieties, at the same time, there is somebody everywhere saying, I bet I could just make one of those. I bet if I blended that with that, I could make this. I wonder what would happen if I made this into a sparkling wine, all that kind of thing. So you see things like, um, you know, if there is a global trend for lighter styles of white wine, then there will be somebody who is making Grunewaldliner, who's making Albarino, who are making these lighter styles, who's finding good ways of making wines at lower alcohol levels. So whilst the typical California um, perception of a, of a white wine might be a big blousy Chardonnay, and, and commercially that might well be true, there are hundreds and hundreds of diverse individuals who are beavering away making these wonderful little things. And as they catch on, they will then be developed by the bigger companies and we'll see those on our shelves over here. And you see in, in countries like Australia where that hasn't happened, when they were riding the crest of the wave and they were the, the best-selling wine in most European countries, for instance, they weren't innovating, they weren't recognising that taste may well change. And I think they're paying for that now and they're sort of trying to run to catch up. Whereas California's always had that, it's part of their nature, I think. Interesting. How would you say California wines perform on what the French call that qualité prix or quality value ratio here in the UK? I think it depends how you look at it. I, I, it is very difficult in an atmosphere in the UK that is 
um, governed by a handful of supermarkets for winemakers to come here and make money by selling through those supermarkets. So the supermarkets have very pedestrian ranges and I'm sure that they get it right for their audience. Unfortunately, they don't get it right for the interested wine drinker and he should look elsewhere. So at five pounds and around there, which is still the, the sort of average price of wine in the UK, California finds it tough because land in California, labor costs in California are obviously a lot more than they would be in Chile or in Eastern Europe or these places that can produce this commodity wine. There are some brands from California that do a wonderful job in the supermarket environment and thank heavens for them for, for taking us through to the average consumer. But actually, as you go up in price, and New Zealand would, would come under the same kind of category, then you start to see um, California come into its own. So above, say, in this country, seven to eight pounds, California starts to express again its, its regionality, its sense of place, its sense of innovation, its sense of a wine tasting different from the one next door. Uh, and in contrast to the rest of the new world, California goes right up the scale. So the readers of Decanter magazine um, were asked where the best wines over £10 came from. And they said, very predictably, France first, but number two, California, and nobody else. They didn't really recognise that there was any other country that had this sort of variety over £10. And obviously California goes stratospheric if you wanted to. Um, but if you look at the sweet spot of um, sort of 10 to 15 pounds, which would be your average uh, independent wine retailer in the UK, California is right at home there. And so if you're looking for California wine, the independent retailer and the, the smarter restaurant is, is the place to go rather than the high street chain. Okay. Um, and finally... For our listeners living here in the United Kingdom, what are some of the opportunities to become involved or more involved with California wines? Are there classes, tastings, or other events that uh, you can tell us about? Well, the, the big phenomenon in the UK over the last 10 years has been the change in the high street from... Um, specialist merchants that were multi-site operators, so specifically Threshers, Victoria Wine, Odd Bins, Wine Rack, uh, who were trying to beat the supermarkets at their own game. They met their demise, quite rightly, because they couldn't beat the supermarkets. But what rose out of that, what seemed to be a disaster at the time, was that a lot of, say, the managers of those stores buying up the store, becoming a proper wine merchant, and that became a phenomenon across the country. We now list more than 700 specialist wine merchants in the UK. So everybody has a local wine merchant now. And that's where they should go, because these people are not just retailers. They are vibrant um, uh, people who are expressing themselves through retail, online, through tastings, through classes, through clubs, through, through every possible avenue. And those guys are finding California as a place of expressing their individuality. So we should support them. Plus the fact that there are um, lots of now American style steakhouses 
like Goodman and Mash and The Cut and Palm and Hawksmoor. And, and they all have great ranges of California wine because it goes so well with the, the style of food they have. There's now another little groundswell of um, either Southern American style or Eastern American style um, restaurants opening. And similarly, they're finding California as a way of expressing their American um, approach to life. So there's lots of ways to get involved. Um, if you want to learn more about California, our wonderful website, discovercaliforniawine.com, doesn't try to sell you anything, but will give you such a great background on where things come from, why they're different, because California is such a huge state that you can't say, what's the weather like in California? So you can't say, what's the wine like in California? Because wine reflects the, the local weather. So there's this huge diversity that can be slightly frightening, but the website talks you through it very evenly and uh, gets you to the point where you're finding the wines that you like. Well, that's perfect. Um, so I have to say, John, I think you have one of the more enviable jobs uh, here in London. We've learned a lot in a short amount of time uh, about wonderful California wines. And thank you for being on Tanager Talk. You're very Talk. welcome. Thank you.